0: Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from Wednesday of the 33rd week in Ordinary Time. A reading from the second book of Maccabees. It happened that seven brothers with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. Most admirable and worthy of everlasting remembrance was the mother, who saw her seven sons perish in a single day, yet bore it courageously because of her hope in the Lord. Filled with a noble spirit that stirred her womanly heart with manly courage, she exhorted each of them in the language of their ancestors with these words. I do not know how you came into existence in my womb. It was not I who gave you the breath of life, nor was it I who set in order the elements of which each of you is composed. Therefore, since it is the creator of the universe who shapes each man's beginning, as he brings about the origin of everything, he in his mercy will give you back both breath and life, because you now disregard yourselves for the sake of his law. Antiochus, suspecting insult in her words, thought he was being ridiculed. As the youngest brother was still alive, the king appealed to him, not with mere words, but with promises on oath, to make him rich and happy if he would abandon his ancestral customs. He would make him his friend and entrust him with high office. When the youth paid no attention to him at all, the king appealed to the mother, urging her to advise her boy to save his life. After he had urged her for a long time, she went through the motions of persuading her son. In derision of the cruel tyrant, she leaned over close to her son and said in their native language, Son, have pity on me who carried you in my womb for nine months, nursed you for three years, brought you up, educated and supported you to your present age. I beg you, child, to look at the heavens and the earth and see all that is in them. Then you will know that God did not make them out of existing things, and in the same way the human race came into existence. Do not be afraid of this executioner, but be worthy of your brothers and accept death, so that in in the time of mercy I may receive you again with them. She has scarcely finished speaking when the youth said, What are you waiting for? I will not obey the king's command. I obey the command of the law given to our fathers through Moses. But you, who have contrived every kind of affliction for the Hebrews, will not escape the hands of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Hear, O Lord, a just suit. Attend to my outcry. Hearken to my prayer from lips without deceit. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. My steps have been steadfast in your paths. My feet have not faltered. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my word. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. But I in justice shall behold your face, on waking I shall be content in your presence. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they thought that the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said, a nobleman went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 gold coins and told them, engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to announce, we do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called to whom he had given the money to learn what they had gained by trading the first came forward and said sir your gold coin has earned ten additional ones he replied well done good servant you have been faithful in this very small matter take charge of ten cities then the second came and reported your gold coin sir has earned five more and to this servant too he said you take charge of five cities then the other servant came and said Sir, here is your your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief for I was afraid of you because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him with your own words, I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a, a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? Then, on my return, I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by, he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, as for those enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. The Gospel Of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As a kid, I eagerly looked forward to the annual broadcast of the classic film *The Wizard of Oz*. It was only on once a year when I was a child; it was a big deal. I feel like it was usually on around Easter time. My my favorite character by far was the cowardly lion. Now, if I was going to do a little psychoanalysis on myself, I'd say. I probably like the cowardly lion most because he and I have a lot in common. I mean, I have a pretty good brain, unlike the scarecrow, and, and I like to think my heart is pretty, you know, you know, uh, well oiled, unlike the Tin Man. But sadly, while I've spent my share of time as the King of the Forest, I've always lacked the the uh, as the lion would say the nerve to demonstrate his his uh, uh, the the courage of the King of the Forest to turn to to demonstrate lionly courage. Now, you might know that I was an insurance underwriter for 15 years, about 15 years. Underwriters are trained to be risk-averse. So I've always taken a conservative approach to most things. I don't stand too close to the edge. I, I only spend money that I have. I carefully and methodically plot my next move if I move at all. Which is why I look back at certain decisions I've made in my life and say, was that really me who did that? One of those is, is, frankly, that I that I moved to Charlotte, sight unseen. I had never even been to Charlotte when I accepted a job transfer there. I literally knew no one who had moved out of state for a job. I mean, none of my friends or family had ever done that. And, and as a result, my friends and my family, they just sort of like stared at me when I told them I was moving. They, they weren't really sure how to react because it's not something that any of them would have done or would have encouraged me to do. And then there's uh, my decision to enter seminary. In two thousand two, two thousand two, that was a big year in the church. Uh, it was the year that the clerical abuse uh, scandal broke in Boston, right? That it hit, that it really hit the fans, so to speak. And Philadelphia um, had their own scandal, you know, just a year or two after the Dallas Charter um, for the protection of young people was 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 issued and approved in two thousand two. That's the year I entered the seminary. What the, what the what the bleep was I was I thinking? In our in our first reading, we meet seven very courageous men and, and one very courageous woman. That that those those people that family they didn't choose that moment. They didn't choose their moment. Their moment chose them, or 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 better to say, God chose it for them. Maybe they always felt like cowardly lions in their lives too until the point where they knew they had to stand firm. So that woman and her sons give me hope, just as Eleazar did in yesterday's reading. What they did made made no sense, at least according to worldly logic. There was no way to win, and in, in the world's eyes, they didn't win. There are days, as you can imagine, many days, when I feel foolish, hopeless, even defeated. And... Yesterday, I was thinking about Jesus in the pit of the high priest's house, in, in, in that dark jail in the high priest's house where, where he spent his last night uh, before his before his bloody death on Good Friday. How lonely, how dark That that jail must have been. In the garden that night, earlier that night, I'm sure he felt like the cowardly lion. But his moment came shortly after a moment that that he didn't choose but the, that the father chose for him the earth quaked, and the curtain of the temple sanctuary was torn in two and the stone was rolled away from the tomb that mother and her seven sons eleazar and the cowardly lion found their nerve when it mattered most and not only for themselves but for those who needed them to do it. Through the grace of God, you and I must do and will do the same when our moment comes. God bless you.